A few years ago, a sensation swept through my neighborhood. A man, we're gonna call him Bob for this story, began to sell tacos from a little cart in a corner. Well, we didn't know what corner he would be in from night to night, so you had to chase him down and find him. He always sold only at nighttime. A student invited me to go chase him down one day. He said, come, let's find Bob the taco man. And so we did, we went looking and driving through our neighborhood. We rolled the window down so that the smell could guide us to where this, this person was selling tacos that day. If you, look, if you love tacos like I do, you know you'll chase tacos anywhere, the good ones. So we finally found them. And we made a line because there's a line form uh, waiting for these amazing tacos that everyone's heard about. We get to the front of the line. I took a look at this man working his little taco stand. He was doing it with such love. He was doing it with such care. I mean, there was no, no recipes. There was no franchising. Franchises do it differently. They build from the outside in. They buy some flashy logos and marketing, and then they buy some recipes, and then you know, they buy all of this stuff, this external stuff, and then, and then they, build, they build a kitchen and they hire people to make these things. Not this guy, he was not a franchise. He was the real deal, original. He was authentic. So you stand in line there and you wait for these tacos and when it's finally your turn to receive your tacos, he hands them to you and I'll never forget his face. He looked at me and he had this look, this smile that said, buddy, your life is about to change. It'll never be the same. Your life will always be known as before my tacos and after you ate these tacos. And they were absolutely amazing. At least I remember them being amazing. When he handed me that taco, he was handing me more than something that was invented in a food kitchen lab somewhere. He knew he wasn't gonna get Michelin stars for his work. The LA Times wasn't gonna come, was not gonna come and review his little taco stand. What he handed me was conviction, the truth, something that came from deep inside of him. He makes this food because he knows it is righteousness. Right? You have someone like that in your life. It could be your mom or your grandma, or maybe you know some stand somewhere that sells the thing that you love, and someone there is doing it beyond recipes beyond franchising. They're doing it, by the way, I love franchise. I love Taco Bell and I love Del Taco, but it's a different food altogether. But you and I know that there's people who make whatever they make from their soul. And that makes such a difference. I think Jesus is talking to us about something similar in Matthew 6. There's a danger, I think he's saying, of emphasizing this outward requirement of our faith outward requirements of our spirituality, outward requirements of our walk with God, so much so that the things that we do, our faith becomes only skin deep, very shallow. And what Jesus wants for the people he's talking to this day in Matthew 6, and what he wants for us today and every day is that we go deeper and that we have the character of Jesus internalized, implanted in our souls, so much so that we act and behave differently in the world because it is in us. In this, 
a new normal series that we're in, Crosswalk. Jesus is teaching us that we are to become different kinds of people. So I want us to read this entire passage together from Matthew 6. It goes like this. Jesus says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. And now Jesus moves on to the most common religious activities of his day that demonstrated that you were, in fact, a person of faith, right? In those days, it was giving, praying, and fasting. And here's what he has to say first about giving. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of, of, of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all of the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Here's what he has to say about prayer. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, he says, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And finally, here's what he has to say about fasting. And when you fast, I think this is really interesting, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for the fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father, who sees everything, will reward you. If I could summarize everything Jesus is saying here, I think it would be with this phrase. Aim first, always, to please God. When you give, when you pray, when you fast, aim always, first, to please God. Do all of this in secret first. Do it in private first for the audience of one, for communion with one, for the applause of one, and for the joy of knowing that we're serving those who the one Jesus loves. Always do it with that in mind. Another way of saying this is ultimately, the goal is a transformed heart. Jesus so implanted, not just imitated, by the way, but Jesus so implanted in our hearts and in our, in our souls, in our character, that we go beyond rituals, that we go beyond faking this life that we should be living to people who act out of conviction, people who give because we're convicted that we are responsible for the least of these, to people who pray because we're desperate for more communion with God. To people who fast because we don't want to lose sight 
and become so callous to the abundance around us, to people who fast because we want a deeper and more beautiful and more focused connection to God. The error of Jesus' day and the error, I would say, of today is that we sometimes equate the applause of people with God's approval. We equate the applause of people with God's approval. But Jesus here in Matthew 6 is reminding of this. He, he repeats it often and he tells us later over and over again, you cannot depend on the esteem and the approval of people. You cannot depend on the esteem and approval of people to judge your righteousness with God. When we do this, he says in this passage, we get exactly what we're after. Applause and the approval of people around us, and that's it. And we forfeit something that we really need, which is meaning and joy and deep satisfaction. Those are the rewards of heaven. Joy and meaning and deep satisfaction. We get the applause and we settle for that, not knowing that what our hearts really yearn for is meaning and joy and satisfaction. So, let's fast. Yeah, let's fast. It's a practice and a discipline that Christians have been uh, doing for, for a couple millennia, and it's important that we fast. But hey, Jesus says, don't announce it. Fast, but don't go around bragging that you're fasting. It's a lot like, you know, the last six months during this uh, time that we've, some of us have been spending a lot of time at home, I have been working out. And every day I look at my wife, Shelly, and I say, Shell, am I getting cut? Can you, see, can you see me like, you know, bulking up? And she smiles and just shakes her head like, yeah, I want to. <laughs> Wouldn't it be better for me to wait after working out for a long time and have her say, hey, you look a little different. Are you working out? Jesus says the same thing. Quit bragging about what you're doing. Let other people notice it. In fasting, it would, be, it would go like this. You know, when people are, um, when they're dieting or they're fasting, um, they don't go around announcing it. They don't go saying, hey, do I look slimmer? Hey, do I, have a, have I, you know, do I look a little? No, we wait for people to tell us, hey, have you been fasting? Are you getting in shape? Because I noticed something different about you. In fasting, I love this. You know, this, this is how it should go, right? It should go like this. Someone comes up to you if you've been fasting and says to you, hey, you look, you look more focused. You, you're more generous lately. You, you're more forgiving. You're more relaxed, more peaceful, more focused. Hey, are you fasting? And then you can say, yeah, I've been fasting. Keep it private, says Jesus. Don't walk around announcing it. Yeah, let's pray. Jesus says, let's pray. But don't be verbose and ostentatious about it. Remember who you're talking to. And remember that God, Jesus uses the, the word for God that is so tender and so sweet and so good, Abba. Remember that God, Abba, your Father in heaven, already knows what you're going to pray about. Already knows your need. Remember who you're talking to. When I was a young pastor, I wanted to impress the people who I was pastoring. And I remember one day in my first church, I got it in my head that my public prayers needed to, needed to sound like old English language, Shakespearean language. And so I would use a lot of thine, 
thine glory, Lord God. And I would say these absurd things. I would shout them into microphones. And one day, my poor little first congregation, they just suffered through all these, these prayers that I would say, trying to sound so righteous. Uh, one day, I was in the middle of this prayer, and I was going for it. I was shouting things in the middle of my prayer. And at the very end, I said, in Jesus' Son's name, amen. Now, if you're listening up to this point, I hope you are. We don't believe Jesus had a son. But because I was so committed to sounding like this convicted preacher, I said this absurdity. And I opened my eyes to see the whole congregation looking at me with their wide eyes. Like, what did you just say? Jesus' son's name? I think you meant in, in, uh, in your son's name, oh God. After the service, an older elder who had been a preacher for many years waited in line to come shake the young preacher's hand. He came over when it was his turn and he looked at me and he said, Pastor, when you pray, remember who you're talking to. And I'll never forget that. When you pray, remember who you're talking to. Yeah, there's a place for public prayer. There's a place for being appropriate and for addressing the needs of community and the people around us. But remember always who you are talking to when you pray. That elder said it to me, and Jesus said it to that audience that day. Remember who you're talking to. And then he does this amazing thing. He says, hey, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. It's just breathtaking in its simplicity. It's just beautiful in its reach. It covers everything, all of our needs, all of our desires. It covers giving God glory for who he is, giving thanks to God for who he is, asking God for protection. I love it when Jesus says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's asking that the realm of God, heaven, everything that exists there, justice and love and joy and beauty, all of that equality, all the, all the values and the goodness of heaven, that it invade the earth where we live. That all of that that's happening up there right now, that somehow it collapses into the world we live in right now because we need that today. We need justice and we need mercy and we need joy and forgiveness and healing. All that exists in the realm of God. And what I think Jesus is saying is pray this in private so that God will make it happen in your heart first. And when you emerge from your prayer time with God, your communion with God, your time with God, you'll live in this world as an agent, as a person who's also bringing up there down here the kingdom of God, the will of God onto this world we live now. So pray, Jesus says, but pray like you know who you're talking to. Pray in private, have it change your heart first. 
And finally, Jesus says, give to the poor. Yes, give to the poor, but do it, do it in secret. Don't do it like these hypocrites who walk around with trumpets. They want everyone to pay attention when they're giving. One time ago when my parents moved me here, some of you know I talk about this a lot because it was a pivotal time in my life. When my parents moved me here, I'd, I'd been growing up in, in Central America, our family was there. They moved me here and I hated everything about moving to this country. I didn't know the language. I didn't know the culture. I felt so out of place every day. My parents dropped me in a school and said, hey, here you go. In those days, there was no, no luxury of ESL programs that walk you slowly through getting acclimated and learning the language. It was all sink or swim and I was sinking. I spent my days just trying to figure out what was happening around me. I remember going to recess some days and just sitting quietly in the, in the corner watching everyone interacting, trying to figure out how they were interacting. And it was a profoundly lonely time in my life. I was poor in spirit, as Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mountain too. And then one day I came from recess back to my, to my desk in my classroom and as I'm looking at my desk, I saw in one of the little you know, holes in the desk, I saw a little, a little balsa wood flyer still in its package. You know what they look like. Some of you old timers know these, are, these toys were amazing. It's still in this package and I look at this thing, I pull it out and I looked around the whole room trying to see if everyone else got one of these in their desk. No one did. It was just me. So I held it up to the teacher and I said, uh, in Spanish, ¿Qué es esto? Uh, he didn't answer. No one answered. Just looked at me like, why are you holding up that little thing, buddy? So I waited after, till after school was over and I went up to the teacher when he was alone and again, I tried to communicate with him to let him know, hey, I found this on my desk. I don't know how I got here. I'm saying all this to him in Spanish. Esto no es mío. Me lo encontré en el escritorio. De quién es esto? And he finally looked at me and he smiled. And he made this face like, like you know he knows, but he's not going to tell me. Just shrugged his shoulders like, hey, buddy, this is for you. I don't know. It was such an act of kindness. Such an act of, just a beautiful, radiant sign of somebody who was acting out of conviction, who was loving because the character of Jesus was implanted in his soul, not because he had to. And he wasn't going to claim that this gift was from him. He wasn't going to use a trumpet to announce it. I know it's amazing. Years later, many years later, four or five years ago, I ran into him again. He's older now, and obviously he's older now. And I brought this whole thing up to him again. I said, hey, do you remember eighth grade, Orlando, Florida, classroom, Balsawood Flyer, I came up to you and I'm telling him the story, telling him, hey, that day was pivotal for me. That little flyer was amazing. I mean, it, you know, it, it was like a, like a thing that flew, but also lifted my spirit. Like I knew you cared and I knew you, you wanted me there and that you were going to be helpful to me. It was amazing. And he looked at me again 
25 years later, and he just shrugged his shoulders again and gave me the exact same smile. Just a, I don't know. He didn't need recognition. He had done this like Bob, the taco guy in my neighborhood that night. He had done something that came from his soul, that the character of Jesus was so, again, in his soul, in his heart, that he was acting out without needing, needing to be given any kind of credit. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus also when he says, you know, the judgment day, on the great day when everything is sifted and you are judged for what you did in this planet, on this planet Earth, on that great day, there's going to be one question you need to answer. And the question is going to be, hey, did you care for the poor? Did you care for the, for the orphans? Did you care for the aliens in your, within your gates? Did you care for the people who were marginalized? And the people who have been doing this all their lives are going to turn to Jesus and are going to say, Jesus, we did, but we didn't know it was you. When, when were you among us? When did we care for you? That is the test. We're going to act, those of us who have been at work doing this, like we didn't know it was forgetfulness, a holy forgetfulness, because his character was in us and we were acting out of the impulse of love that the Spirit is guiding us in. Crosswalk, when we say love well, I want us to love well in the way of Jesus, not because it's a, a thin veneer that we put on and we somehow try to fake through our days, not because it's some external thing that we do that we somehow try to fake our life through. I want us to live loving well because it comes from deep, deep inside us. May God bless you today and every day as you commit to walking with Jesus, as you commit to living in His ways, as you commit to giving and praying and fasting, all of these things are symbols of what's happening in our hearts first. I pray that blessing upon you and upon all of us. In Jesus' name, amen.